Welcome to Mint, a unique look into how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. I'm your host, Adam Levy, and let's kick off this episode by giving some love to our three NFT sponsors. They are Coinvise, Poop, and Social Stack. First off, on Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting coinvise.co today. Next up, we have Poop, or short for Proof of Attendance Protocol, who enables a novel way of creating one's life diary. Leveraging NFT technology, Poop facilitates an easy way to mint non-fungible tokens related to meaningful events. It's frequently used in crypto-native communities, and now it's starting to create NFT collectors in the mainstream too. Collect or launch your own POAP today by visiting poap.xyz. Next up, we have Social Stack, a platform for communities, brands, and creators to build mission-driven social token economies, offering an easy-to-use non-custodial wallet with a suite of open-source community engagement tools. Social Stack makes it simple to bring your community into Web3 and be a part of creating an open-source, gratitude-driven future for social tokens. Create a free social token wallet, discover mission-driven social token communities, or apply to launch your own token on Social Stack by visiting socialstack.co today. This episode welcomes the founder and CEO of Yellow Heart, Josh Katz. Josh and I had a really good conversation on the development of where music intersects with Web3 and crypto, but more specifically, the lessons he learned about trying to bring more mainstream bands like the Kings of Leon and the Maroon 5 into crypto. You know, earlier when NFTs kind of took storm, you guys might have heard of the Kings of Leon doing an NFT album, and even more recently, Maroon 5 issuing their DAO, this modern day fan club around them and a lot of charitable acts that they're kind of issuing as a next phase as a band of, of trying to create more fandom and more memorable utility and experiences for their super fans. Now, Josh has a lot of purview into kind of the development of the space and how creators, more mainstream ones, are using crypto primitives to build community and own their audience. You know, we touched a lot about what we kind of talked uh, on season one, season two, and now season three about creators entering crypto using these primitives to basically build communities and own their audience. And Josh is doing it and leading it by example. So stop talking here. I really hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Mr. Josh Katz, welcome to Mint. How are you feeling, man? Doing great, Adam. How are you? I'm good, dude. Thank you so much for being on. I'm super, super excited to have you on. Uh, you and Yellowheart, you guys are doing some of the more cooler mainstream things that I've seen kind of trailing online from the Maroon 5 DAO, the Kings of Leon was in the past, and all these other cool things that you're doing, okay? Let's just jump right into it. Who are you? Okay. More specifically, what were you like before crypto? And where are you now? Cool. So yeah, you know, Josh Katz, um, you know, New York native, um, born and raised, you know, outside of the city on Long Island and grew up there and have lived in Manhattan ever since I graduated college. Music fanatic, sports fan, uh, like to go out, have fun, eat in great restaurants and just enjoy life and have always just followed my passions for work. You know, haven't you know? My work hasn't been something where it has been divided between the things that I'm passionate about. It's always been the same. So, um, you know, prior to Yellowheart, I built out a company called El Media, which was, 
you know, really the disruptor of a company called Muzak, which provides elevator music or background music to businesses. So we pioneered putting cool playlists into Nobu and Tao and all these cool hotspots. And, you know, that was a labor of love around building playlists and music and just my deep love of music as a whole. And Yellow Heart has really just been a love of live music and going to live events and trying to fix that experience for the fan. So, uh, you know, both just, you know, passion projects and things that have been dear and dear to my heart. Yeah. So very much on the music side of things. Okay. Do you play an instrument? I do. I play the guitar. I collect guitars. Um, I got about 10 of them over here. Okay. I wonder if you could like switch your camera around. I'd be curious to see that. We can even, <laughs> we can even do it later. But how, how long have you been playing for? Uh, my whole life. My whole life. So my father was a guitar collector, uh, not by profession, but by you know, hobby. And early in the early Greenwich Village days, you know, Washington Square Park, Bob Dylan, he was selling instruments and got super into Fred and instruments. I grew up around just like tons of cool guitars in my home as a kid. So something that stuck with me. Got it. Got it. Okay. Biggest music influence uh, on your style and your playing? Who is it? I mean, definitely as a kid, Eric Clapton um, and by far. And, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Hendrix, you know, mm -hmm. but Clapton, Clapton was definitely up, up front. Okay. How do you feel about more of like the Gen Z guitarist, like Omar Fetty kind of coming into the picture? Incredible. I'm just happy people are pushing the envelope still. It's what it's all yeah. about, you know, just coming yeah. up with new sounds and new cool things and just, you know, the craft. It's what it's Amazing. all about. You know, I, I play the drums. I've been playing since like five years old or something like that. And for me, it's always been music and crypto. Like I got into crypto 2017, but prior to that, it was like being in jazz bands, being in the record studio. Like I was an amateur at it. I, I loved it. It was a hobby, but I never, I never thought about taking it like mainstream kind of thing, you know, making a profession out of it. How do you think about that? So, you know, I played the guitar and in high school, it became really clear to me that I, I was better at the music business than mm -hmm. actually like I had no skill. You know, so other than getting off my couch. So that was fine. And with that said, I just literally went into the music business. And it was such a passion for me where other friends of mine would like literally out of college take banking jobs and make money. I made like literally, I think I made 24K a year. And yet I was working with Tribe Called Quest and all these things that were more important to me than the yeah. money. You know, I was there. Yeah. For me, it's all about day to day life and experiences and really people. And, continuing to just you know have great interactions and relationships and every day just being a great day so yeah. that was more important to me than money always um and what's been really interesting is what nfts and crypto i always saw as the minute i learned about it was the intersection of like wow finally i can intersect art and money this is huge yeah i hear you you know for me the, the aha moment was so what initially attracted me was seeing Bitcoin at 20K. What kept me was was seeing what, <laughs> what companies like Media Chain were doing, right? Yeah, like Jesse yeah. Walden and, and like the startup oh, yeah. that he created. So because yep. I was a musician, that was like the most relatable thing. Okay, there's like this new like financial technology, but also musicians are benefiting from it. This is super cool. And then kind of like fell down that rabbit hole. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, 
you know, I came at it from just a different spot because, you know, I had built this, you know, subscription background music business, which I had sold. And after I sold it, it happened to be 16 and I was like deep in crypto and Ethereum and like, like it was almost like the perfect time in, for me because I, for the first time in my life, had a, a little bit of money and crypto had just started to happen. And, you know, suddenly I just went deep in it and I realized for me, you know, you could do so many different things, but I still wanted to follow the passions that I love, which revolve around really music yeah. and the live experience. And I thought that distributed ledger was just the perfect opportunity to fix a very broken industry that I witnessed firsthand. And the truth is, is that I went to the labels and to the copyright holders first. And I asked them about, you know, putting royalties on the blockchain and making them transparent and giving artists access to see their streams in real time and you know, using the technology. Um, and they we're not hearing that. I mean, transparency around royalties was not even something they wanted to discuss. So by default, the next, you know, 1.0 thing to me seemed like ticketing because that had, you know, the big mm -hmm. middleman population rent seeking and, you know, bad technology, you know, the whole, the whole gamut of issues that I think we all know how blockchain relates to. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I want to kind of talk about more of your your entry level into crypto. And reason being is because everybody has a unique story as to like the first Bitcoin or the first cryptocurrency that they bought and how that kind of transitioned into them teaching other people about it. And now you're in a position where you're creating more mainstream communities, bringing in more of these existing audiences and in mass follower groups into what we call web three right so yeah, yeah what was that first cryptocurrency you bought was it bitcoin ethereum um yeah i mean bitcoin you know early on okay. which frankly some of it i don't even know where it is but <laughs> I, I wish i did um but at the end you know it was just experimenting with kind of everything but then it was when ethereum came out that really it suddenly made a lot of sense yeah i mean bitcoin as a store of value is a cool novelty but you know, it's a bunch, everyone knew that it would go, but like who knew when and who knew if that was the one and like that tech made sense, but as a store of value um, and the whole white paper obviously was brilliant, but like there was unproven and then it took adoption, you know, and the adoption happened by having progressive thinkers and people like our community that really want to push the boundaries and see things just get better for everyone. So um, it's, you know, a timing thing. So for me, once I saw Ethereum and I saw the community that was building, particularly around New York with consensus and other things that were happening, it made tons of sense to me that this was super real and the time was now. You know, I was at a point in my life where I had, for the, you know, had some success, but I wanted to make sure what I did next wasn't like me chasing something for seven or eight years and it was in, the, in sight. And when I came in touch with Ethereum and started seeing that ecosystem forming, particularly around New York in 17, I was like, okay, this is happening now. It's go time. Yeah. And I went all in and that was it. And I started Yellowheart and I would never look back and here, you know, and we're just keeping, keeping it, keeping it real, you know, keeping it going. So let's talk about keeping it going. Okay. So this birth of Yellowheart. Okay. What is Yellowheart? Give us like a, a brief explanation. Yeah. What are you, what are you aiming so to solve? So we're trying to just create a um, direct relationship between fan and artist. That's it. Okay. And it's through a service play, a software play. What does that look like? 
So essentially it's through using our platform to create your community and then be able to just interact with them directly through, you know, the platform. That's it. And if you're an indie artist and an artist that needs assistance, helping having tools to build that community through community tokens, through the ability to sell NFTs, through the ability to mint music um, and the ability to sell tickets. So it's just, you know, you come on and you basically as a musician, it, it will hopefully just be the tools you need in the future that becomes an autonomous network that you could just use and frankly even own. Yeah, makes sense. So walk me through some examples of, uh, let's talk about like an artist, okay? Let's talk about a more mainstream artist. I'm gonna use Maroon 5 because you guys are working yeah. together and building out their modern day fan club, whatever you wanna call it, okay? Yes. They come to Yellowheart. What are the first things that they do on the platform? Okay, well, in the Maroon 5 case, they came to us looking to enter the space. Jesse from the band is into NFTs and crypto mm -hmm. and blockchain and super smart and gets it. And we started thinking about stuff. And initially they came about it in a manner where it was frankly almost like another piece of merch where it's like, okay, we're putting out a new record and we're making all this other stuff. We should have an NFT. So let's do a cool NFT. And the NFT is just kind of short sale of the album. And, you know, will our community get it? We don't know, but we're young and cool. And let's try because, you know, sure. Like they were into it, but like knowing very well that their fans m might totally miss this. I said to them, which I still think, I was like, okay, if this does not sell well, in 20 years, the lore of the Maroon 5 initial authorized band nft that came out that will become like that ty Cobb of like you know like, <laughs> it will be like, like folklore you know like you've seen one of those you know so it was pretty funny conversation but they just kind of went all in and said fuck it and as we went down the rabbit hole like all the other stuff started materializing where they were like oh, okay you could do fan tokens as we had done them for zoo and some other artists where we were minting live at shows you know off a of qr code so they were like great we'd love to collect fan base info and give people a community nft for joining the maroon 5 community and then get further benefits so we enacted that program on tour where yeah. we then you know but very organically and all along you know, one of the things that Yellowheart is super passionate about and all of the members of Burn 5 are passionate about is giving back. And the fact that we've all been blessed to like, you know, have the things that we take for granted, like a clean pair of socks and clean water and just like a house. And like, we've all been through so much the last two years that I think giving back is super important. Plus environmental issues are clearly super important and climate change and like we got you know we need to all think about this stuff and take it seriously so that alignment led us to opening up what we're calling the maroon 5 dow and the dow is for the fans to all be on the same footing to put you know not not you know in a way where everyone could buy a token at a 50 dollar price point and buy in and the band basically takes that pool of money and and, and it's going to float initiatives through charities that we're partnered with uh for various climate change and environmental issues and the community everyone having an equal vote will vote on how those initiatives dollars are spent Got which it. proposals they go to and yellow heart and maroon five zero admin fee autonomous network and 100 percent of the money put into the dow will go out to each of those charities so there'll be various rounds of it where fans can come in and join in on that 
DAO and hopefully it will grow. And we're looking now for corporate partners. We've spoken to some, you know, other, you know, charitable organizations that we're going to be partnering on as we launch it later next year. But it's really all about just giving to environmental and, you know, climate change initiatives. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So when you try to, so the the money that get, basically gets collected from merch, tickets, et cetera, part of that goes to funding the quote unquote treasury, all, right? All, all of it, all of it, yeah. Okay, how much, so so let's say they do a world tour right now, okay? They make, let's yep. say millions of dollars, whatever the number is. All that yep. gets in the, in the treasury? So what we'll do, no, it's not the money they make on the tour. And I'm, I'm only that, asking, that depends. Yeah. and I'm only asking from the point of view because these are going to be models that other people use, right? So I want to, I want to no, totally. do it. <clears throat> I'll tell you, Adam. So what we're basically trying to do is give every fan the opportunity to contribute as a community. It's really a donation to giving to climate change and then having the vote as a community. Plus now that you're in the community, the band clearly wants to give you additional perks because now you're joining their charitable network as a community because their feeling is, is that, Hey, there's a lot more power in numbers going after climate change and environmental and knowing about these charities than there is just as us individually. Yeah. So they wanted to interact with the fans and the DAO seemed like a great way to keep everything fair, transparent, equal, where you know you could only have one vote in the in the DAO. And yeah. hopefully the goal will be with someone like Maroon 5, where right now a big DAO might have 30 members who all put in large sums of money, right? And large sums yeah. of ETH or whatever they might have put in there. Yeah. This is more about having huge numbers of people that all contribute small amounts of money, maybe corporate matching, and then the DAO basically getting emptied and refilled yeah. around the ability that the band gives to the DAO. Yeah. And that's the band's contribu contribution. Makes At that of level sense. of Maroon 5, their utility clearly has tremendous, you know, value. Yeah, makes sense. I like the the corporate matching idea. That's pretty cool because that yeah, could also yeah. that could go a long way. You know, let me put out just out there that we are looking for people to be involved in this style right now. If anyone out there is interested, just like ping me or anyone at Yellowheart because we're looking for people that are into Maroon Five to be out just like being part of spreading the goodness of this because it's going to come out next year. And when it, you know, we launch it, it's actually in three phases. I should explain that we had a seed stage over the summer. Now it's what's called the sprout stage. It's like another, I think a uh, week or so, and then it's going to become a living Dow next year. And the living Dow actually is tied to the USC carbon index and the actual um, item itself was, is going to flower based on the carbon index. So it's a very cool NFT that will be coming out to uh, each recipient. But there was the ability to get three different NFTs for each phase of the DAO. Right now it's in phase two. So it's a very cool NFT to own mm -hmm. called the uh, Maroon 5, you know, uh, Sprout. The seed is over. And then the Living DAO will be coming ne early next year. And that will then be continuous. And I'm sure it will morph and grow. And we'll see what happens, what the yeah. band does as that NFT grows. You know what I mean? Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. What a cool way and a unique way to bring more of this like novel Web three crypto native uh, uh, design to more of the mainstream and tying a charitable concept to it, bringing corporations, bringing more normie audiences yeah. involved, and to kind of experience what a modern day kind of fan club looks and feels like from from a point of view, right? 
One thing I want yeah. to talk to you about is like, how do you think about governance? Is this something that you're like starting a snapshot proposal on or you're issuing uh, votes on tally and also the, the, the funds that kind of get collected through the NFT sales and all these other revenue sources, do they sit in a Gnosis safe multi-sig or are, they, are there more like, I guess, mainstream versions or products that you're using or that you're building out internally? Um, well, as far as governance goes, you know, it's basically in the contract and it's, it's sitting there. Um, and, um, I kind of defer to some of our tech team on, on more of your technical questions, but at the end of the day, we want full visibility to every single member of the draft, right. of course, you know, you want to see every dime and where it's going and how it's, where it is. You know, that's what this is all about. These DAOs is giving ultimate, you know, transparency to everyone involved. So when the DAO launches, you know, there's going to be a whole property around it that will, you know, give full insight into everything, into voting, into, you know, every single element of the, DAO and the charitable donations and everything about it. And, you know, I think we're all experiencing this in the world of NFTs where there's a lot of firsts. So as we put up a charitable DAO of this size, a lot of the decision making has to be well thought through on how this works. And we want to keep it very democratic where everyone has an equal say um, and everyone's vote counts that way. So people could come in and say, you know what, this is an important cause. I want to make a donation to it. And I know my money's going there. Plus I know me putting money into this and voting is going to cause other people's money to go there, which is cool. So we're going to see how it goes. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, once again, new tech, new times. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I will tell you about Yellowheart, and this has nothing to do with the Maroon 5 DAO, but like, we look at a lot of the stuff that we're doing as we have to do it. We have to put these types of programs forward. We have to mitigate risk. We have to just, for lack of a better term, say F it because we need to push the NFT industry forward. And if we don't get it right, at least the learning will be there for the entire community. So the next person could do it better than we did it, you know? And that's what we want to see this happen here. So we're like, okay, Let's go forward with this project, that project, anything that we, you know, technology want to add to a various project, including the Maroon 5 DAO. Let's see how single token voting goes. Maybe it won't work. We'll find out. But at the end of the day, we're not afraid to kind of move forward and make changes and make them quick, but see through being the first doing something, being, you know, a pioneer saying, okay, we're willing to get shot coming through the door. Fuck it. We'll just do it. And if we get shot, we'll just like try again, you know, or fix, yeah. you know, come through yeah. with a bulletproof vest, you know? Yeah. I'll tell you this much. So I have a bunch of things and so many more questions to add, but just <laughs> using that type of mentality, open your door to so much more opportunity. And let's say you keep throwing shit at the fan, whatever sticks, that's just going to keep defining yeah. the next wave of technology that's going to come into the picture yeah. and you guys yeah. be more receptible to adopting it. But there comes like a downside with that because if you do have that type of brand, you do have that level of audience because there's that whole element of NFTs are not super friendly on the environment. So how are you going to be doing that? But you're fighting, you're fighting like an environmental cause kind of thing. All these like misconceptions around crypto that are kind of adding to either a positive or negative narrative, which could ultimately deter a brand's brand, right? How do you kind of think about that? Like what, what, what kind of goes your mind? And that also comes to the point of view of you trying to sell this stuff to other artists and other bands and get them more involved, right? How do you think yeah. about that? 
So, you know, myself, you, a lot of people in this community have spent a tremendous amount of time this year educating people, educating brands, educating, you know, traditional artists in all types of different fields of artisticness, musicians, you know, all mediums. And education has been kind of the job of all of us that have been in the space. So that's how we think about it is we just try to educate Grace great artists on here are your possibilities the issue is with nfts is that the possibilities are endless so it's like a rabbit hole but at the same time if you put some stop gates up and you explain the tech to really talented people they come back with great ways to use it i'm finding so that's kind of been the way we've been approaching it yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense another thing i want to ask you is like a lot of these tools and platforms because we're crypto native, Josh, you and I, right, we'll go through like the mountains, we'll scrape our elbows, and we'll go through like that shitty user experience that comes with yep. Uh, yep. not only building a community, but contributing and like monetizing, for example, okay? The mainstream audience, they don't give a shit. Like they won't, they won't go through that hurdle. And when you try to build communities from all of these mainstream groups, one of the things you, you obviously think about is like all their audience lives on Web2. They live on Instagram. They live on Twitter, TikTok, Snapshot, maybe uh, Snapchat, maybe like email newsletters, et cetera. And that yeah. entire funnel of bringing them in from one platform to another currently is really broken, right? Like from creating that wallet to entering the Discord to making a contribution on chain, all those things are hard to kind of communicate. And let's say like a 10 second trying to bring them on to, to kind of drive an action, right? Mm -hmm. How do you, yeah. how, how, how have you guys kind of been solving those problems? or even more so just thinking about tackling them? Um, it's just, it's such a weird time right now. Um, I'll tell you something interesting, Adam. So NFT NYC really opened up, I think a lot of people's eyes, including myself, as to how robust and real this community is. Um, and the outlook has always been make it non-crypto native, non-crypto native, blah, 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 blah. And we lately have been wondering about that because we think there's going to be a happy median. And what we have actually found through our practice of putting out NFTs and doing large mints is that people are much more adapt to technology than they we give them credit for. Where we are on our phones six, seven hours a day on our you know laptops. And people know how to use tech. So I think the adoption rate here around, you know, custodial and all these other things is going to happen super quick. I think next year at this time, we're going to look back and be like, that was fast. Okay, it's on, you know, and I think Web2 is history. I really do. So I think that there'll be Web2 companies that adapt to Web3 and maybe they'll kind of like Facebook's trying to, and we'll see if that works. And then I just think Web3 is going to just blast off faster than anything we've ever seen before. And I think it's going to literally just leave everything in the dust. It's almost going to be similar to Web1 where like I, just because of my age, remember people were like, oh yeah, what do we need a website for? You know, And like <laughs> three years later, they were out of business. In this case, it could be one year. Uh, yeah. I think it's happening that fast. Two wow. years. So, so you you think these creators, these bands, these artists who don't become more crypto native will actually fall behind in terms of their audience, in terms of uh, their engagement, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, uh, I think that it's just 
that's now par for the course going forward, period. Yeah. I think that we're going to shop in the metaverse. I think we're going to, uh, you know, be expecting NFTs as a warranty for everything we buy. I think we're going to, you know, have our doctor prescriptions on NFTs. <laughs> I just think like everything we do is going to adapt to Web3 in like a second. It's like yeah. happening now, like, yeah. you know, and I, you know, it's on. And I just think that like bridging web two to be like, excuse my French, like who fucking cares? Like fuck web two. Like, let's just keep going here on the web three. And I think it's so much better. So like, let's go, you know? Yeah. You know, talking about building like a mainstream community with large audiences and it, either it's like Maroon five or the Kings of Leon, like you did, whatever, maybe in the future, right? A lot of like the questions that come to mind. Okay. They bought this asset or this token or this ticket or this membership, whatever it may be. Yeah. What do you do next? Like, how do you build utility and how do you do it in a way yeah. where it's designed for your audience and not just in a way where it's like, let's just throw cool shit at them kind of thing? Like, for example, like one of the coolest utilities is going to NFT NYC, having a mutant ape or a board ape, and like they rented out a, like a, a five story yacht. Right yeah. for yeah. the board apes of the yacht club, right? Fuck, fuck yeah! <laughs> how do you how do you think about that? Like, would Maroon Five do like a private concert for all their their holders? Like, what what comes to mind? Exactly the things that you could think of, we're thinking of, and it's on. Like, it's so on right now, and more and more artists are getting it. And I must tell you, like three months ago, I was getting pushback. I'd be like, yeah, we should do a mm. token. Anyone be like, like I, it was like, and it's just that's why I'm so convinced on how quickly this is moving. Because I even see it at the celebrity artist level, you know, where they're just like six months ago, like, yeah, yeah, cool thing, you know, and now like three months ago, like, yeah, an NFT, and now they're like all in, like not just like kind of in, like, but like all in. So um, I think it's it's on, you know, and I think that doing cool utility driven stuff for celebs and for anyone in the space. And it's just par for the course right now. And it's just like going to be everyone trying to outdo the next person. And I don't think there's going to be any industry norms anymore. And I just think that it's going to be a creator's paradise right now coming up. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty excited for this time. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely exciting. It's the whole premise of why Mint started in the beginning to kind of like capture that corner of where crypto meets creators crypto meets artists more of like the creative sexy side of this technology yeah, in a sense. yeah. and we're, we're seeing a lot of it i think like cheers to you for for bringing more of that stuff to the mainstream or at least attempting to and, and fucking around and throwing shit at the fan to see what kind of happens <laughs> yeah no listen we've had some amazing successes we've had some drops that haven't been as well attended because of the you know for whatever reasons with the fan bases but we're continuing to just do it with more and more fans you know we just did a small you know early community token for brandy carlisle where we ended up you know doing she did a show at carnegie hall and we did a token for anyone that attended the show and there was 2000 attendees and we had 800 redemptions so far mm -hmm. and it's a pretty high number and we believe literally that 100% of those redemptions are first-time NFT holders. Mm. We re-engaged them a few days later, unbeknownst to them, and we raffled 150 signed uh, heavy tour posters from that show. And that community now is like gasping for what's next. So mm. we've been, you know, and that's just a recent example over the last week. 
And we've had a lot of those successes that, you know, are just ongoing with the fan base. And that's just something that, you know, is, continues to happen as we build these really cool san, you know, fan sanctums where they can come in and be part of a community that's just going to keep giving to them because they own this asset. It's basically you know, like if you look at what Bored Ape has done at the 10,000 scale, which is so sick, where people are like, using the profile picture as their status, you know, the way they used to buy Jordans or a Birkin or whatever it might be. Now it's this, you know, 200K profile picture or whatever they are going for today. It could be more. And, you know, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, it just all ties in into the, the whole ecosystem. Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. How have you found, uh, like, the best way to communicate an NFT to a normal? What is the lingo and the verbiage that you use? How do you how do you think about that? How have you approached in the past? What's what are some of like the biggest learning lessons you've, you've kind of experienced from doing it one way and trying a different way? Walk me through that. You know what the most basic thing I explain to people is that you know you basically everything you do in your digital life is a file, and for the first time ever, you could actually prove that you own that file. That seems like the most basic approach for people to understand what an NFT is. Okay, solid. How, how do you do it? I'm, I'm curious too. So my my whole approach is I low-key like, like using uh, uh, like a, a visual analogy, okay? So let's say this is like, uh, well, I mean, that's my credit card. So we'll find out, I have to find a way to kind of blur that out. But <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's, let's say this is a file. Okay, right here. Yep. Okay. And this is, hold on, I don't want it to connect. Let me turn off my Bluetooth. Hold on. Hold on. Can you hear me still? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I'm going to turn off my, my Bluetooth. Okay, so let's say this right here is like a file. Okay, and this is a token. Okay, I basically tell them like the file sits on the token, and for once in your life, you can kind of trace where that kind of goes. And if, you, if I give this to you, you'll be able to tell who owns this, right? And the underlying value prop is like the ownership level. Of, of being able to see who has what, right? And doing it in a way where anybody can access it and anybody can buy anything and that any form of digital file will essentially be like a, a token or an NFT for that matter, right? Yep. So I kind of get into education through the visualization of it. Cause like, if you think about it, we've been dealing with files and, and playing with files and downloading files since the dawn of, of the internet, I'd assume, I don't know, okay. I only know it from like what I can remember from like the 2000s, for example, okay? And this, this visualization of like, here's a token, here's a file, we peg it to one another, and now we move that across, and this could be a ticket, right? So you'll never get scammed again by that dude that's standing out at the Staples Center or the crypto.com arena that's trying to sell you shit. You cannot verify that because you'll see he actually has that token, right? And then you can use it for merch, and you can use it for this, and you can use it for that, and access, and blah, 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 right? And they, they typically like start to get it. And then I send them some ETH. I show them uh, how to basically buy an NFT on OpenSea. And then they experience that gratification of like being able to like prove that they own something. Even if it's some bullshit JPEG, it doesn't matter, right? And then I take them, I was like, okay, now I sent you ETH. Now you bought this NFT. Download, download this like really confusing chat called Discord. Enjoy all the communities and see the hype and the amount of excitement that comes around that. And look what you just bought into, look what you belong to now, right? Experience that, go attend an in-person event and see what that gratification is like, that other like-minded people 
who also join a community by going through that same process are now together and now you have a network. Now, everything that you do, you can start a business and like you have a database of customers to tap into because everybody's like minded like that. Like if you have a board eight, people in the board at Yacht Club do business and develop and like do shit with each other, right? Yeah. And that level of trust, that level of gratification, that level of, I guess, security that comes with interacting with people who also aped into something and are like-minded, you can't compare, you can't, you can't compare that to anything else, right? So no. going through that process of sending them Ethereum, buying an NFT, joining a community, attending an in-person event, flying to a conference, going through all that, you kind of brainwash them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sense, oh, yeah. You know? For a good reason, though. It's an incredible community. I mean, I've never, in all the industries I've been through, like, I've never seen a community like this. It's so sick. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome people. Awesome, awesome people. You know, and, you know, there, there still comes that, like, level of misconception of still understanding what an NFT is because the press likes to say X, Y, Z about it, you know, and that's going to die with time. Right. I think as long as something's working, it has the amount of attention, you're going to have your haters, regardless of whatever it is. It doesn't have to be technology. It could be uh, fashion. It could be culinary. It could be mute. It doesn't matter. Right. So if anything, it brings more attention, more education, more conversations. And that kind of expands the entire industry as a whole. That's how I kind of think about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, really well said, you know, and it's funny, you know, the whole thing you explain about the apes and about, you know, that community interacting with each other is exactly what we're doing amongst those artist communities. Because yeah. when you look at Kings of Leon fans, when you look at XXX, the Tassion fans, when you look at Jerry Garcia, um, Maroon 5, any of these, they all want to know each other. They're all going to events. They're all part of old school, we call it fan clubs. And it's building each of those. So like, you know, the 7,500 Kings of Leon token holders over July 4th weekend, we all offered them all pit tickets, like right in front of the stage at face value. At the time they were on StubHub for like five times face value and they all bought in, over, but only for the 7,500, you know, token holders community. So like, these are the ongoing things. The apes, you know, is obviously the most, the best example out there right now, but we're doing it kind of with all of these different artists and yeah. where it will overlap at some point we'll see you know it's an interesting thing sharing different fan bases and the interoperability of them but i think the world is going to just become so much more open through this tech so yeah, yeah. you know one thing that i hope so abba i'm a big fan of abba the the, the 70s yeah. man right yeah. hit after hit after hit like there's no other song other music that i can find myself dancing to with happiness whatever yeah. <laughs> they released a new album now okay they're probably going to go on tour soon. They haven't announced anything publicly. Probably they're going to do like a reunion that they haven't done in 30 plus years, something like that. Yep. It's yep. going to be nearly impossible to get any form of tickets. And if you do, they're going to be thousands of dollars. I wish I had the opportunity to buy some type of access pass into their community that they mm -hmm. would then provide utility like that at face value like you're doing. So. Because with that comes tremendous value, you know? And they're probably like, if they were to do something, there'd be other forms of utility, of get-togethers, pre-show, or the, yeah. it goes on and on. You yeah, know what you, that's, wanna, go ahead, go ahead. That's our, that's our model, you yeah. get it, yeah. So like, if you're in one of our communities, don't, of course you're getting tickets, the best yeah. seats and every other perk, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah we want everyone to be a VIP, you know, as you yeah. are. You know, one thing <laughs> I, I wanna see these bands do, whether bands have social tokens or NFTs, in-person events are so powerful to like, and, and there's so much opportunity for experimentation of doing airdrops, 
of doing other type of artist to fan collaboration, fan to fan collaboration, all through tokenized assets. One thing that I've yet to see come to reality, and I saw uh, uh, Justin Blau do this on a very small scale, at like a venue in Miami, is so you throw a concert for your token holders and the general audience, okay? And you have all these huge LED screens all over the stadium, right? You throw up QR codes or some type of link that airdrops tokens that symbolizes not only oh, yeah. you there, right, to a co-op, quote unquote, or you know what I mean, like whether it's a social token. There's value, you know. I'm like thinking out loud here, but I wish so, that. I'm Adam, waiting you ready to see for that. this? Here we go. You're gonna love this. You ready? So we actually did that back in May um, at Red Rocks. And we've mm. been doing it. So we, that exact program, we launched at Red Rocks the first week of May with Zoo. Zoo reopened Red Rocks after COVID with six nights. And at those six nights, we had um, community tokens. We had QR codes that were part of the Dreamverse Zoo production. Join the Zoo NFT community. And it was really, I could send you a video. It's sick, actually. And you people snapped it and they downloaded their NFT. Sick. And then we, air, and anyone who attended all six nights at Red Rocks, we airdropped them a seventh, you know, like a few days later. Um, and now we've actually had merch sales and other things for the zoo community of those token holders. Um, and we, you know, we started with zoo. And then we also took that same program on tour this past summer with Maroon 5. So we did the QR code uh, at the Maroon 5 tour this summer where, same thing, on the tour, you're able to join the NFT community. Anyone that grabbed the uh, Maroon 5 community token at the live tour this summer got a commemorative NFT from the mm -hmm. tour for free. Um, and we're continuing to do that, you know, quite often. So it's a, your spot freaking on, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're yeah. there. You're right with dude, us. It's so awesome. exciting. I have just – I want to see that. Like, I want to go – to the crypto.com arena and or like the Madison Square Garden and and see that shit at scale because it's on. I'm telling you, we've done it at scale. We did it Red Rocks. We've done it like it's on. No, We're I want to be there. On. I want to attend yeah, the okay. concert. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Well, let's link up. We have a bunch coming up. We have one in the stadium coming up in Europe. So like this, it's on. And I'll, we'll go to a game together or something. I love <laughs> it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Another thing I want I want to bring up is. What else is in the pipeline for Yellow Heart? Like, what else are you guys experimenting with? What do you kind of see as the next big thing for artists and, and fan engagement? Walk me through that. Yeah, so um, clearly the experimentation never ends, but for the time being, it's actually at this moment kind of did end. And where we're headed right now is full Web3 ticketing, uh, where we launched our mobile app, which, you know, in our world we call a wallet, but in the traditional world they're still calling apps. Um, you know, for Dreamverse, really, we kind of pushed out like, you know, the MVP or early version of it. And it is now fully Web3, you know, on Polygon ticketing application. So right now we're looking to get, you know, the next two quarters, we're going to really be going through a whole bunch of ticketing use cases for Web3 and for NFT and the utility and essentially our wallet and our uh, mobile app are the same thing and they are interoperable and we're continuing to add utility to them now. Right now we have rotating barcodes with metadata. We have the ability to, to gate content. So if you wanted to put music such as a free download of the concert you just attended, both audio and video content are gated. Uh, we're gonna have Apple TV integration coming. So we're really focusing on the mobile ticketing experience and 
you know, by experience, I don't just mean buying a ticket and redeeming a ticket and walking into a show, really the community building and being part of the community where when you go to see Coldplay, like weeks out, you buy tickets, giving you the opportunity to buy tickets and good seats because we know who you are and know that you're a fan and you, you know, or we don't know who you are, but you know, you're coming in and there's a chance for you to get good seats because we mitigate scalping. And then basically that you're part of that Coldplay community. So now what's going to happen next? Do you need transportation? Are you going with friends? Do you want to invite friends? Do you want to incent be incentivized to get other friends to buy tickets? Um, day of show, how once again, transportation, do you do like a drink or do you like mm -hmm. someplace to eat? The whole experience just enhancing. Do you want an upgrade? We have unsold seats in the section in front of you. Things like that. Getting to the to the venue and having a merch booth that was open before the show. So you could order through the mm -hmm. ticket because you're part of the mm -hmm. community. At the show, your QR code reader at Yellowheart comes up and there are screens with hundreds of merch items that are official. And you just scan them and they're sent to your house. And, you know, just really increasing the experience post-show. Okay, would you like to order food? How are you getting home? You know, do you want to you have the token from the show tonight and maybe you could share three of them with friends and just enhancing how that overall experience works. And now comes what we call long tail engagement where you went to see Coldplay and maybe there are other opportunities that you could either accept or decline that are sent to your yellow heart wallet. But since you're holding the yellow heart, you know, wallet we will potentially try to airdrop you other things because you're part of Coldplay. You'll tell us whether you want them or not, but maybe you'll get an NFT or, you know, all types of other things. We're doing, you know, generative ticketing right now, which is pretty freaking cool. So we can do shows where every single ticket is unique. Mm -hmm. um, and like a lot of really cool applications really into the ticketing space is where our main focus is yeah. uh, at this moment. Because there's so much level of access and like it's an onion that you just keep peeling yeah. of different utilities and experiences that you can add the second you get them at that top funnel, right? And you can just yeah. layer them as it kind of comes down to the tip, or yeah. whatever that tip yeah. kind of looks like. Yeah, we, we were in a really interesting spot as a company because we were born as a blockchain NFT ticketing company in 17. And like we were ready to go, but we, at the time we had like a hybrid custodial model, you know, and that was pre-COVID. Um, because, you know, a lot of people have a belief that you can't ticket, um, at a large scale unless you're custodial. And a lot of that is up for debate. I know how our community feels about that. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't have to be discussed here, but at the end of the day, that's kind of where that was, but coming out of COVID that game was off. That had to be changed. So we did, but, um, you know, it's really pushing web three and being part of that ecosystem. Yeah. We want to be ticketing in the metaverse. We want to be part of our community and our, our ecosystem. And that's yeah. really kind of what everything we're doing is about yet. It is ticket and live event driven where the experience, because we do still have to go out of our houses just becomes better and more what we're used to in the other parts of our life that are web three. But you also capture like there's one element of doing it in person and kind of depending on that experience, but also that translates to such a digital virtual type of experience that extends yeah. into the metaverse and these communities yeah. and all these like, no, it makes a lot of sense. So from, from a point of view of like infrastructure, okay, I don't want to get too technical, but just understanding if you're issuing NFTs as tickets, it's on-chain transactions, right? This is yeah. obviously not happening on Ethereum. Where, where, where is this happening? The reason why it's not happening for those who don't understand because the gas fees are too high. It doesn't make sense to pay 
a $50 ticket with a $300 fee, for example, okay? How are you thinking about this? Only on Polygon, on Matic? No, so, you know, right now we're on Polygon and Polygon obviously has its capacities, you know, chain-wide and things like that. But we have literally since we started Yellowheart have believed in an interoperable blockchain world where there'd be no one outright winner where different blockchains mm -hmm. would be used for different things and different businesses. And we see Yellowheart next year, our roadmap takes us to be interoperable with quite a few other blockchains and there'll be different events and there might have to be multiple tokens that are minted and burned at first, but I have a feeling our community will advance that tech really quick where we'll be able to issue cross platform. You know, we love flow. We love Polkadot. Um, we love Polygon too, but like they all, I think are going to have various uses and the industry is moving really quick. Like let's see how all of these chains start to scale as they get more and more production on them. It's going to be uh, interesting, but we're big supporters of, you know, all the blockchains out there and we want to interoperate with everybody who at all touches our ecosystem and we want to support other blockchains. Yeah. Yeah. What does the, the tool stack look like for these modern day fan clubs, these DAOs, these communities? What are like off the get go? What are the top tools, these top integrations that you're using to kind of build these things out as a foundation and scale them? Yeah, you know, a, a lot of this is done internally. Um, at some point, you should grab Thomas Emanuel, our chief product officer. He's sure. like 10 times deeper and smarter than I am. Uh, so what you're saying is like, it's like building the products internally because you're not finding Yeah, well, no, you know, now we are highly encouraged to go out. You know, it's so funny. So when we started Yellowheart pre-COVID, like we, the internal outside community was awesome, but it wasn't like it is now. But so many people have come into it this year. Um, but now we feel like we have to go out and really embrace other parts of the community to use those tools. So we're out there looking for them. So we're actively looking for partnerships all over the place on everything mm -hmm. we're doing now. But Thomas Emanuel really oversees that. Um, you know, some are public, some aren't. But like we're looking to interoperate with everyone in our ecosystem as, mu yeah. as much as possible. There are certain things just from a business decision standpoint that you're like, okay, they're awesome, but we just have to build that ourselves as we need it. You know, it's part of our, how our business, you know, you know, works. Yeah. How do, how do these artists and their fans feel about discord and telegram? Well, um, it depends on the age group. I mean, obviously we love it. So um, we've introduced a ton of new people to discord. It's crazy how many new people we onboarded. Um, when we did the XXX, the Tassion drop, uh, we were told that like it was like their biggest like hour in history of people onboarding to Discord. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we got they sent us an email that it, like it was like the largest onboarding in history that they've had, largest day or something. Jesus. Uh, yeah, and um, you know, so people like it. I think some people find it confusing, but once you figure out how to use it, they really love it because it's ongoing. Um, for us, it's been something where we're in the traditional world as much as we wanted to build community and in the NFT world, the community is there in the traditional world. In some cases, depending on how old the fan base is, it's become almost like a customer service space uh, where people aren't coming with like great ideas and like, like let's meet each other. They're coming with like, Oh, this is wrong. And that's wrong. And that's like that two, two to 5% who have an issue or, or just like, don't, how to use their wallet or whatever their problem might have been in the space it's obviously a little higher with people who like 
you know, are confused with transferring on Polygon and just like don't know how to use crypto. So that's what a lot of it is around Discord with some of the older artists. But the younger artists, it's super engaging and people want to get in there and meet each other. And Discord is just obviously the, the greatest thing. So Okay. Interesting. Interesting. You know, a lot of the like we were talking earlier about the funnel of being able to onboard an end user from social media either doing through a swipe up function or a link in bio type of call to action and transitioning them into discord and kind of thinking about them if they don't already have an account creating an account with their email with a password and then connecting their wallet if they don't they assuming they have one right and then typing out exclamation point join and triggering out an action and then verifies their wallet and gives them access into the community i've like from the people that i've either had on or from the creators i try to work with they say like that entire thing is like, it's like broken. Like it's hard to communicate that, right? Like to get them from this, from, from Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, whatever it may be, whatever that pillar platform is, and then funnel them into a sub platform. They find that communication channel, that strategy, and just all those steps being super difficult. But you're saying yeah. you found a way to kind of overcome that. No, I'm telling you, I haven't. I'm telling oh. you, it's been really hard at them. Like, okay, okay. you know, it depends on the fan base. What I'm telling you is that the younger fan base understands tech. Right. Like, they're up in there, they get it, like, oh, this, that, they, they figure it out, you know? A uh, little bit of an older fan base has been a bit of a challenge, and I've seen in Discord as it's almost become like a customer service channel. Yeah. And the one cool thing about it, though, is that one fan fans answer other fans questions so yeah. we'll see like someone will answer something and someone else will like have answered asked the same thing a week ago and repost the answer and like then they interact but they're not interacting saying oh oh did you also hear about this <laughs> you know the way we interact in these other channels and like the older like demo jerry garcia kings of leon fans they're like just around like oh you know they they're not in there for that yeah. yet if you go into x and maroon five they are you yeah. know yeah that, so that's so funny. You know, I, I on season one, episode one, okay, my very first episode of Min, I had uh, Ali uh, McPherson, okay, which she has like half a million subscribers across Twitch and YouTube. She's a gaming uh, creator and she has the Ali coin, which is one of the top performing coins on Rally, okay? Uh, and no, I think at the time no. it, it was like $43 in, in I'm startup. Older. There you go. Okay, so <laughs> the takeaway is when you give the community uh some type of x whether it's a token a membership whatever you want to call it okay and you have them buy it and then join a community of other people that bought it you start to see something really interesting that happens okay she spent a lot of time onboarding normies and kind of breaking down that customer service pipeline but then she educated so many people in the community that then they felt more like enact to be in the community because they got so much personal attention from her. Mm -hmm. But then they take it upon themselves to educate others in the community, which is what you're telling me has kind of occurred with your community, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it, we're, we're, we're building new NFT users every drop. It's crazy. We're like, just because we're working with these large established mainstream artists who have fan followings who want to come on that every nft drop we do we're getting brand new nft buyers wow. first time buyers users we've had like every drop we've made we've had the those people making like you know instructional videos this is how you download a wallet this is what metamask is you know this is a yellow heart wallet if you want to pay with a credit card 
and then just walking through the steps and literally showing, you know, here, here's how you put in your Google Chrome or here's how, you know, and like, no, seriously, because believe it or not, like literally downloading an app on Chrome for most people is like, is a challenging, very challenging, actually. I believe it. Oh, it's I crazy. Believe it. I believe you it. and I and our like, but at the end of the day, they, that's the thing. So, you know, you have, you have ease of use and now, you know, people like, you know, in, who are building these applications. That's why, you know, everyone's like, oh, non-crypto native, non-crypto native. Yeah. And it's a fine line to walk where I now am starting to believe that we should just like go crypto native. Like we don't want to confuse people. Yeah. We don't need hexadecimals, but like at the end of the day, like nickname systems are great. And like, yeah. let everyone just keep making them better as we continue designing cooler products together and copy each other. Who cares? And like, let's make great stuff, you know? Yeah. But, um, I do think that the general public is super interested and there's money involved and art involved and it's cool. And it's like, you know, you know, so I think that people are going to catch up quick and we're not going to have to be non crypto native for that long. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. You know, the second you say that the first thing that comes to mind is that teaser that the CEO of discord put out on Twitter of that MetaMask integration directly natively into discord. And then, the amount of backlash they got from their major like subscribers, like because they have a SaaS model, they don't have a crypto native and Web3 model, right? Yep. So all yep. the backlash that they got from their Web2 users and being how crypto is a scam and this is weird and that's weird and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, uh, we're not doing it, you know, like, or we're gonna put it on hold and we have no plans to do anything with it for now, right? And it's just like, okay, you realize that the Web2 audience is a completely different audience than Web3. It's a different user base, they have different needs, different preferences, and you have to build accordingly and you have to structure that funnel accordingly. And with doing that is like understanding how do you bring more people from social media, Web2, a lot of these normie people into Web3, it's a whole different product suite. It's a whole different class of software, integrations, et cetera. Uh, so the takeaway is that there's so much opportunity. That's what I'm getting at, right? Oh my God. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I have, I have deep seated issues because I see it everything with everything I look at. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, why are picture frames not on the chain? Why do they even exist? Actually? These wooden picture yeah. frames, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's a bad example, but yeah. you know what I mean? It's like everything. <laughs> Why haven't I got an NFT for my grocery delivery? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Why am I still getting a long ass CVS receipt? Why isn't that airdrop to my wallet? I mean, yeah. What the hell, you know? No, I hear you. Josh, I think that's a, I think that's a perfect place to, to end off. Uh, before I let you go, where can we find you, Yellowheart, and all the cool stuff? Yeah, working on? Absolutely. You know, um, at uh, Josh Katz. Uh, YH on Twitter, um, at YellowHeartNFT on Instagram, and you know, up for always just so the community knows we're just looking for great partnerships and people to be involved with us and you know, to be doing cool stuff with, with this community. We really want to be, uh, you know, deep seated and in helping everyone out there in any way we can. So please, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, I hope to have you again soon when this is more advanced, more mainstream, and uh, we'll, we'll chat soon, man. Thank you. Thank you, Adam.